everyone, welcome back to Movie Buffs, a podcast where me, Will, and your, ho- your other host, Koei, are going to be talking about everything to do with movies and TV in Kenya and beyond. Yes, sir. So this is our third episode. We're off to the races. Super excited. So for this episode, we're going to kick off a recurring episode theme. I don't know what to call it. Really, maybe a theme. Um, so yeah, it's our weekly update episode. So basically, in these episodes, we'll just be talking about everything that we're watching pretty much this week, last week, lately, kind of just what's been on our minds, what's been on our radars, and what's been on our screens. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to kick things off, let's start about talking about the TV shows that we've been watching lately. Because I feel like we've been watching some really good TV shows. As we get into fall, this is usually when American TV is like at its peak. So yeah. this kind of like the, the later months of the year is when TV is really popping. And we, there's been some good stuff we've been watching lately, I would say. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of really good shows yeah. in like the past, you know, the, this whole year. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So one that we just finished is called The Patient. Uh, amazing mm. show. A psycho thriller, you would say? I think yeah. it's a psycho thriller, right? Yeah. Starring Steve Carell in what I think is his best role to date, but more on that later. Right. Yeah, so basically just to give you a quick synopsis of the show, and as we are always going to say and make sure that we really like let you guys know, spoiler alerts are coming, okay? <laughs> so if you guys are, we're going to say it again once we actually get into like real spoiler alerts, but if, you're, if you don't want to know what anything happens just skip a couple minutes yeah definitely yeah Yeah. so the show is basically about steve carell's character is a therapist and he gets kidnapped by one of his like crazy clients is that what you call patient Patient. Patient (laughs) clients (laughs) um by one of his patients and he holds him captive in his basement and um, because he wants him to, like, help him, basically, because um, he is a murderer, a serial killer. Uh, and so, yeah, so he basically captures Steve Carell's character, keeps him in his basement, locks him, the whole thing, like, full captive type situation. Um, yeah, and then keeps him there with the hopes that he will make him better. Spoiler alert, he does not. Mm. He does not. Yeah, and I think, gosh, there's so much to really unpack in the show. Something that I really enjoyed was the pacing of the show. I think a lot of times with thrillers, they tend to be a little bit more meaty in terms of, like, just, like, the the length of the episode and the pacing of it, right? Like, the pacing's usually a little slower. Episodes are, like, 45 minutes to an hour. It tends to kind of have that, like, slow but steady pace. I loved the show because it has this very unique pacing. It, It happens, like, almost in a blink of an eye. Episodes are only, like, what, like, 20... 25 minutes long even the finale was like 40 minutes like it wasn't even that much wasn't that long and i think that that was really successful in like making the story um have a good pace to it and make the story kind of like graduate in a way that like was compelling and exciting but also helps really build tension because before you know it you're at the end of the episode you're like oh my god like how was steve carell gonna get out you know yeah yeah just for what you were saying about the pacing i think it's it's really good also considering um something that's so popular these days is uh the a a show that just has one season oh yeah yeah then it's over um i think that's really good because it it more feels like a movie where they've they've stretched it out so they can tell the story properly exactly yeah whereas you know in a movie sometimes it always feels like it's rushing you know, when you watch exactly. movies, you you don't really get eased into the story. It's just like in the first like five, ten minutes, you're already on the main plot and you mm-hmm. don't you don't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with um, when because I feel like a lot of these shows could have just been movies that yeah. are just one season. Exactly. Like, this show kind of feels like that. But like um, every episode is like really intense. 
Yeah, they're called Limited Series. That's a show that only has one season. And I like it too, right? Like I think that um, I like this idea of telling a complete story in one season. I think oftentimes where TV shows get into some trouble is when they, you know, you get to season eight, nine, ten, and then you kind of like lose the plot, right? It's not even the same show anymore. Exactly. We talked about this in our our, um, TV episode and even in our movies episode talking about like having a very clear beginning and end for a character, having a full arc and being able to explore that in a way that is concise and is very like you know pointed and intentional and i think sometimes when these shows get picked up and get picked up get picked up they kind of like lose that initial like okay this is where this character will end up and they end up like changing things and switching things up and i think that that lessens i think it i think it makes the show weaker and i think the the patient i you know you pretty much know spoiler alerts you pretty much know Steve Carell's gonna die, right? Like, there's at some point you realize, of course, like you're rooting for him because you know he's this really empathetic character. But I think that you you know pretty quickly on, like, oh, Steve Carell's not getting out of this, right? Like, there's no way. Like, this guy has a serious problem. He's killing everybody up in here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, Steve Carell's in this really vulnerable situation. Like, he's probably not gonna get out, right? And so I love that, like that was really clear but you still are taken on this really exciting journey of like you know like okay will he get out okay no he's not gonna get out Mm. oh is this person gonna die like it's i thought it was really really um a really good way of having your main character's full arc be known and clear but also making the story unexpected yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah because the like the whole time you you feel like you know what's gonna happen at the end and like it's almost as if um, it's inevitable. So, like, you just, you, you you want to figure out, like, what happens to get there. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, and, like, now you, just because you know that it's it's not that interesting anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really like that. And it's the thing, like, because even when Steve Carell does die, you're like, damn. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because, you know, and again, like, we all know, I think, you know, when it comes to, like, these true crime stories or, or stories that, like, fictionalize crime, now, like, crime is such a huge genre, which I think is really interesting, and we should explore that in a different episode. Like, just the genre of crime TV, because it's, like, it's really graduated. I, I would say even, you know, like, extremely in the last few years. um, Super, super popular genre. So I think we all kind of know that, like, people in these situations don't make it out. Like, 99.999% of people in these situations don't make it out, right? So, so like I was saying earlier, like, like we know pretty early on, like okay, Steve Carell's not gonna make it. But then, of course, like we we get to know him as a character. We start to love him. We see his um, his relationship with his family. His wife just died. Like he's such an empathetic character, and you you root for him from the beginning. And you just you really want it to work out for him, but like you know that it won't. But yeah. even when you know what's when the inevitable happens, you're still like, oh my god! Like the that scene where like he's strangling him and he's dying, and we're like. It's a it's a perfect by the I love that scene. Speaking of mm. like standout moments of this series, um, that scene where like we think he's gone back to his family and then like everything's you know kumbaya and better and him and his son have repaired the relationship. They're all having Shabbat dinner and everything and like we think oh he got out amazing that's great and then we see no he's actually dying mm. and I think just like this eerie look on Steve Carell's face of um of peace when like Dom Dom Hall, we don't know how to say his name. Yeah. Um, the guy who plays um his patient that captures him. Um, he has like he's strangling the life out of him and he has this complete feel like just look of peace. I I love this show's exploration of death 
and um, end of life. I thought it was really, really poignant and really powerful. And not only is that like a hard theme to cover in a limited series, no less, but like it's something that like has been constantly revisited, like in countless TV shows, countless movies of like, what is death? What's the afterlife? What do we want to do before we die? All that good stuff. And I really love the way the show portrayed it. Yeah. 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 One that show it they the the way they like portray things is so is so interesting. Yeah. So the thing um I thought was the most interesting about it was like how they 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 used foreshadowing. Yeah. And I think the best example of that was um so while he's you know being held captive in this in this base in this guy's basement mm-hmm. um he it's like he spends time in his head a lot like thinking a lot and so good yeah and it's crazy because the way they they show you that it's like it's not like um you'll know that he's thinking you there'll just be a scene and you don't really know what's happening it might be like like a flashback so you would be like oh this is a flashback but you don't really know what's happening and then it cuts to him and you see like oh he's just he's just been thinking or something like that yeah and um the best example of that is um how now with the foreshadowing as well is his own therapist Mm -hmm. yeah so his own therapist he has he has a lot of scenes where he he's like envisioning himself speaking to his therapist but at first i thought there were flashbacks of him talking to his therapist before but then you were saying like no he's actually he's literally in his head he's thinking so he's trying he's basically giving him himself therapy like but he's visioning himself actually speaking to his own therapist yeah and so you find out that his therapist like passed away as well so i think that's like crazy foreshadowing that he's thinking about speaking to his therapist his therapist already died and then he's he's also gonna die as well yeah that's a great point i love those moments those are definitely standout moments for me in the show when he's having those like moments in his head and and like will said like it really it's difficult to really determine whether this is happening in real life if it's a flashback it's really hard but i i love the little cues that tell the audience that this is happening in his head like how he's um how he'll um he was um rubbing his medication his like cream on the side of the bed of the bed frame and then when you hear that noise in the visions you're like okay he's visualizing it right yeah yeah he's he's kind of in like this almost like meditative state of yeah, like yeah. he's you know what i'm saying like he's like this is the way he's processing what's happening to him i i love the look into like his psyche and his brain yeah. and i think probably this is one of the best like character developments um i've seen in a really long time i think just getting to know steve Carell's character his complicated relationship with, with his family how that's revealed to us mostly through his conversations with his dead therapist mm-hmm. and like through other means like other really specific flashbacks and just the way that it's all packaged together right i think even inter interweaving his jewish faith and a lot of like jewish principles and like connecting that to death and like his relationship with his family i thought it was all done so well because it really tells a really full story like i think this the the episode auschwitz where like Mm -hmm. we see him in the internment camp like i think again like really powerful portrayals of death and um they do it in a way where it's it's simultaneously larger than life i think with both the motif of of um you know like of the holocaust and, and like you know like those bigger kinds of ideas and showing it through this individual man right like i think we tackle like these big 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 topics you know like the holocaust like death like family all of these big things but it's shown in a very small very intentional meticulous way and i think that's what makes it the most powerful yeah yeah, yeah. also i really enjoyed like i don't know anything about jewish culture so it was just nice it was cool just seeing the 
Yeah, right. It's interesting. Yeah. I know like a little bit, but I think it was really cool. I think especially like hearing about like what um, Jewish people do in terms of like when someone dies or when someone passes. So there's one there's one episode where um, he says this prayer and it's a prayer that you say in the Jewish faith. Um, and if anyone here, if any listeners are Jewish, please correct us. Let us know if we're getting this right. But there's a prayer. I, I forget the name. I'm not even going to try and figure it out because I'm sure we'll butcher it. But there's a prayer that Jewish people will say after somebody has passed. And I believe it's like honoring their body or honoring their life. And you say it every every year, I believe, like after their death. And so there's this really beautiful episode that's centered around that prayer. And it's really it's tied in really beautifully to what um, the patient, Dom Hall Gleason, again, not confident on his name, what he is, go- like, you know, how he kills people and, and his kind of struggle with like his issues um and and then steve carell and, and his issues with death and him confronting his death i think that's really what the show is ultimately about right like steve carell confronting his death and like confronting his life too which i thought was really 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 powerful and and mm-hmm. told in in not a grandiose way but a really really moving way right yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah it was it was just cool to see that like yeah. I've never really seen like of course I've heard things about Jewish culture but like mm-hmm. yeah it was cool to just see like um it just felt really uh, like authentic like yeah. like the things they were saying yeah so it was just it was cool to see that yeah definitely yeah. I think that Steve Carell should win the Emmy for this his yeah. performance he was sensational I, which I actually like um seeing him like in serious things yes I've, I've actually I've never seen him in anything that was serious before this. I've seen him in like a handful of things, but I've more just seen him like have dramatic moments in comedies where you kind of see a glimpse of like, oh, this is somebody who has the range, right? Like he does have a range, but my God, this was a very dark role for him. And he was so good. I thought he played it so well. Like I think I like I really believed he was a therapist. Like his just mm. his temperament, his um just the way that he um delivered certain lines and delivered certain scenes, his reactions, right? Um, spoiler alert, somebody dies in front of him. And his reaction to it was like, Oh my god, it was like guttural. But it was like it was done in again, not a grandiose way, not an extra way. It was very like like so rooted in reality like for me i was like oh my god like has steve Carell like been through this in his real life like he was so so good and i think what was really haunting was just again like towards the end of the the show seeing him recognize that this is the end of his life and the peace that came with that and his notes to his children like he was just he really delivered it to me i think he really like he um he was on this roller coaster of emotions that was so beautifully done. It wasn't like anger, sadness, like you know, it wasn't dramatic, right? Like it was very gradual. It was very like, you know, like like how real emotions do tend to manifest. Like I of course, like there are some times where you have outbursts, but in situations of true, like genuine, like trauma and panic, it's it's waves, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's something that's more gradual. And I thought that he played that perfectly and masterfully and this is his best role to date for sure that's the hill i die on right yeah 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 no i, I really like seeing him in something serious it was really different yeah like, i've never like there wasn't even one joke in the whole show <laughs> yeah yeah i was yeah. i was expecting that the whole time but um yeah it was it was cool to see him do that yeah totally yeah. should we talk about elena yeah let's go yeah all right um yeah so uh so Atlanta is, if for whoever doesn't know, Atlanta is a comedy drama series mm-hmm. um, based in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it's Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's um it's his show obviously. He's he's the main character in the show. And yeah, so just for anyone who doesn't know what Atlanta's about, it's just um Donald Glover's character's name is Ern. He he works at the airport and his cousin is a rapper, um upcoming rapper. He convinces him to let him be his manager and then they just, you know, start doing work in the music industry all that blah 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 but the show is it's it's about a lot more than that it's um i feel like it's it's a social commentary on a lot of things that have to do with race yeah um in that's probably like the gist of what the show is about yeah it's a slice of life show so there's not really like there's a little bit of a plot but like not really i would say like it's mostly there's a plot that's always being pushed forward but the majority of the episodes that are really like significant exist kind of outside of that plot i would say the only plot which i think is barely a plot is really just about like Ern and um al making it like in the industry like i think that's exactly, really the only yeah. plot which i think is what i love about atlanta is that like i think again like i think we're at a time in tv where we're challenging this idea of what a plot is and i think that we are not just relying on plot to like make a good tv show like it's other elements it's Mm -hmm. it's other things that are that we're you know like investing in and exploring to make a tv show great and i think atlanta is a great example of that because again like it's it's not really about like you know like earn and out like doing step after step to like make it it's really just about what you were saying a social commentary of blackness in America really yeah. is what it is. And even in, in the world, because season three, we see them yeah. outside of Atlanta. Yeah. So yeah, so um, if you're not familiar with the show, um, like Will said, it's about these two guys trying to make it, slice of life, all that good stuff. So um, the fourth and final season came out recently. So Will and I just finished it pretty quickly. And yeah, I thought the season was really good. Like I, I think like it was one of the best. I really enjoyed mm. everything. I think what I love about Atlanta is that Atlanta like knows what people why people love it, and they yeah. they stick to it. Like right, like they don't ever like th- they change it up in ways where it's like okay, like we know this is our lane, and so there's so much we can do in this lane. But they 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 know why you're here, yeah. right? Like you you want to see some black shit. You want to see some commentary on being black, and I think they do a really good job of it. Yeah. 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 I think. I, I really enjoyed uh, season four. Yeah. Um, season four was really interesting. Um, what I like about this show is every episode kind of stands on its own. In, For sure. In, yeah, just in terms of like what they're trying to accomplish with the episode mm-hmm. and like the structure of the episodes changes like every time. Mm-hmm. Every season there's like a new type of episode that you, you weren't expecting before. Like in um in season two, the episode that's basically just a bunch of like um it's like it's like a bunch of advertisements and then it's like yeah paper boy being interviewed yeah when they do the, the yeah, scoop yeah, on yeah, BT, yeah. i love when they yeah. i love when they poke fun at bet it's hilarious it's the best yeah, yeah. so their, their version of bet is called the ban i think it's the black africa network it's not i forget what the yeah, something the, like that. what it stands for yeah but yeah it's it's so funny because like it's just it's done out of love for our culture, but also like being critical of our culture, because like yeah. BT can be BT, BT can be kind of cheesy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I love when they do that. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So season four had like a couple of episodes like that. Um, yeah. Um, season three also had a, a a a few that were like that that were really good. Yeah. But yeah, with season four, um, what I liked the most about it was. Like we said earlier, the the main plot of the show is just um, Earn and Paperboy are just trying to make it in the music industry. Yeah. But um, 
the majority of the show ex- like exists outside of what that plot is. Yeah. It's just ca- always kind of there in the background. Yeah, it's the back. It's yeah. background noise. So, it's so interesting. Yeah, and so in season four, it's to the point where they've made it. So, um, and you could you could kind of say that in season three as well, but I think in season four, it's like no, really really four, yeah, been cemented. Dramatic, yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like that also gave them. Um, the opportunity to do more with the season outside mm-hmm. of that because it's it's the story is is done yeah you know i mean like yeah this season is just more like it's more of the social commentary this season than the story itself like versus season one or two yeah yeah and i think that we were able to have um like you're saying some some more some other conversations about like blackness um in america and in the world right like i think well first of all i think i'm so glad that they eventually like you know we so there's a time jump between season three and season four we're not really ever sure what the time jump is exactly but i would guess like a couple of years because like so um donald glover's character earn has a has a kid with his baby mama slash girlfriend slash who even knows what they are it's very complicado (laughs) um but they have a baby together and so the baby in season three is like still like a baby like i want to say she's like three or four somewhere there and then season like four she's like seven like around there like six seven like around that age so it's been a few years right earn has money for days like and all that good stuff and i think that was good because like i think at this point donald glover and this show and everyone really who's a principal character on the show are so popular like i don't think i would believe donald glover playing playing someone who's trying to make it anymore do you know what I'm saying? I think even aside from the fact that like, okay, like it's, we're kind of over this whole thing of like them str- as being struggling musicians or whatever. Um, I think also like, you know, Donald Glover, I think his days of being struggling are over. Like he's a household name now. I liked that he took Earn on that journey with him of like, okay, like he's leveled up, makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that was su- super successful. And yeah, I, I really liked the season, like really tackled like, okay, what does it look like when you make it? How do you like mm. stay true to who you are and stay true to like where you came from, but then also like level up, right? Like yeah. I think that was uh, definitely a recurring um, a recurring question and a recurring um, tension that was explored in this season, which I really liked. I think that's really real. You know, I think a lot of people can really relate to the fact of like, you know, like we, we all want to honor where we come from. We all want to honor who we are and like the depths of who we are, but we also want to graduate to other things. Yeah. Um, that's something that I definitely like connected with in this season. I thought was a really, it felt like a, a good natural progression of what Atlanta has tackled in the past. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of your favorite episodes of the season? Of this season? Yeah. Um, the the Goofy episode? Nah. That one was really good. Let's talk about the Goofy episode. Let's yeah. talk about it. So basically, this episode, spoiler alerts, but it, it's not really, like, what is there to spoil to now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so this episode essentially tells the fictional tale of this um, Disney animator. I already forget his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, so it's basically about this Disney animator who ends up becoming the CEO of Disney via a hilarious fluke. And so he wants to make like Disney black. Like he wants to be like, no, we need to like diversify Disney because if you don't know, Disney hasn't had the best history in terms of like representation or diversity. Definitely has been a little racist. Like Mickey Mouse was definitely super racist in the beginning. Anyways, a conversation for a different day. 
But but yeah, so he wants to make Disney black. And so he's like, you know, we're going to make the blackest film ever for Disney. And it's going to be the Goofy movie. And it's really, really funny. If you're not familiar, there's been a couple of years ago, there was a really popular thread on Twitter where people were talking about how like the Goofy movie is like the most, the blackest movie that Disney has ever put out. So they were like, <laughs> you know, Goofy's this black single dad who yeah. is like, you know, like Max is black. And it's really funny when you think about like the plot of the movies and you think about like, just like the 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 mannerisms of Goofy and Max, his son, and like in the second movie, Powerline is played. Powerline's like a fictitious like singer in the the Goofy movie universe. He plays he's played by Tevin Campbell, who's like an iconic black R and B singer. Like you see the nods to it, and like there, anyways, this particular thread went down a huge rabbit hole of like just how. The Goofy movie is, like, about black culture. And so this episode was playing into that. And again, Mm -hmm. like, this is what we love about Atlanta, right? Like, we love when Atlanta takes, like, just black culture and then just, like, takes it to another level. Because, like, my God, this episode, it was, like, a real documentary. Like, they got, like, picture. You know how, like, you know how documentaries are, right? Like, they'll have, like you know, pictures from, like, the people from the past. Like, they'll have different people being, like, you know, like, yeah, I knew so-and-so when they were blah, blah, blah. Like, they have the it whole It was really realistic. Thing. I like how yeah. they, they, like, turn it into, like, it was, like, a real production thing. Yes. And they even had, like, so a lot of the story took place in, like, the 90s. Yeah. So it's like they had, like, old footage. Hilarious. And it was so funny because, I don't know, like, like, 10, 15 minutes into the episode, we were, like, like, what's going on, like? Like, what's this episode about? And because, like, you're, like, thinking, like, it's so funny, and I might be judged for this, but don't judge me. <laughs> like, the first few minutes of the episode, I, I genuinely thought it was real. No, like, me too. I me didn't, too. I didn't think facts. it was a joke. Like, yeah, facts. I thought it, there was, like, an actual black animator at Disney in the 90s or something. They, yeah. were, they started, like, his whole child. Like, at that point, I thought it was, like, a true story. And then we re- we realized slowly that we're like, oh, wait, this is literally a joke. Like, no, I thought for, like, at least <laughs> half of the episode, I thought it was real. Yeah. Like, I really was like, damn, like, justice for this guy, man. Like, he was out I here I never even heard of this game. guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really thought it was real. I really thought it was real. And, that, and that's how deep it really went. Yeah, and it's, 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 I like, um, my favorite thing about this show is that, like you said, like, the undertones to the show can be really serious, like some of the things they're trying to discuss, but they, you know, they present you in like kind of a lighthearted way sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like, I really like how in the midst of all the seriousness, there's just, it's so funny. Like there's, there's it's just so like, funny. The, it's just, it's just really funny. So you can't help but laugh at like the reality of what they're trying to say. Exactly. Yeah. So like the thing with like that whole goofy story and all that. Hilarious. Like, there's a point where it's like really good vibes, but you know how like all documentaries about people are, yeah. Totally. In the beginning, it's like, oh yeah, like he was great, da da da. Then they got married, da da. They moved into a new house. Then now it switches and it's just like bad. And I I thought that was hilarious because like it's that's that's so realistic. It was a commentary of two things happening at the same time. Yeah. One, this hilarious thread about how Goofy movie is about like niggas, mm. and then this other part of like documentary culture, like you know, like it's such a big thing now. People love documentaries yeah. like people are always trying to figure out like oh like like what happened to like this piece it's always like the untold story of yeah. na, 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 na. like you know what i mean it's such a big thing like netflix puts out another documentary like every day yeah. i feel like i'll go on netflix and i'm like oh another one yeah. another one <laughs> so i thought it was a really it was really funny how they blended the two and that's atlanta right like atlanta atlanta just stays so current and yeah. stays so relevant. I mean, you you lived in Atlanta, so like you like I I'd love to hear from you. Like, does this does Atlanta feel like it really captures like real Atlanta life? 
in your opinion? Yeah. Um, it does. It does at times. At times, Because, yeah. like, the purpose of the show is not to do that. Right. Like, clearly. But, yeah, at times it does, especially in the earlier seasons. Like, in season, yeah. in season like, one, you know, like, um, that actually came out in 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. That's, so I was, I was there at the time, and it was... It was like everyone who was watching it at the time then like in Atlanta they were like this is like this is like so real it's so right. tr- it's so true yeah yeah um yeah it it feels like Atlanta in the way that it's just it's crazy it's unpredictable you know what i mean like right. they're focusing on the music culture and all that right the characters yeah. they also even just yeah the side characters that right. you see th- it's all very realistic like i don't know if that's season 2 where i think it's season two where um paperboy has a studio session with that one rapper called clark county right yeah so they're in the studio and then um darius is there that's lakeith stanfield yeah best character on the show love him yeah and they they you know they're recording in the studio and then there's an engineer and then they start like pressing the engineer they start bullying him bullying mm-hmm. him and stuff like that's so realistic like like Obviously, that's exaggerated, but it, it's really like that in the studio. Like, with, you know, these gangster rappers and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's just small things like that that make me be like, that's hilarious. Because yeah. you could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. totally. And there, and there are so many episodes throughout the show's tenure where it's just like, you know, a lot of, like, Earn and Al getting into shenanigans or, like, them just, like, you know, like, that one episode, I believe it was season three where, yeah, season three, when um Al was get, trying to get a haircut and then he just ends oh, up going season, on, like... I think it was season two. Season two? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's um. Earn not earn. Al's trying to get a haircut, and his um barber just like puts him through unnecessary, yeah. you know, just I forgot missions. That guy. He's a he's a stand up comedian. I forgot his oh, name. For real? Yeah, and he's he's hilarious. Yeah. So like it was really funny seeing him there. I forgot his name, but yeah. 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 So yeah, it's just it's it's funny because it's like you know it it has this um Atlanta walks this line of like reality and um yeah. like you know unrealistic situations exactly. really well like it yeah, gets yeah, yeah. almost campy i would say like it, it actually walks the line of reality and camp really well because like it's 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 unreal whenever they have moments of like unrealistic things happening it's always like no this could happen do you know what i mean <laughs> i'm never like this is ridiculous like how but, i would but in the the shy, is, for example but they think like they they'd be having ri- ridiculous things but it's like it's it's different so you know like in that episode where they Paperboy and Earn, they go to do a club appearance. Yeah. So the whole time Earn is trying to get paid by the yeah, guy and yeah. he, he can't get him. Then in the end, they finally get him. They go outside mm-hmm. and they see like people get hit by an invisible car. Oops. Oops. They see people get hit by an invisible. There's literally an invisible car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, see, like, it's ridiculous like that because yeah. like that had nothing to do with the episode, but it just happened just at the end. Just, yeah. just for, just for laughs. Just like, for laughs. Just yeah. for jokes. And then and it's Lannister's like a, the invisible car is like a running joke throughout yeah. the rest of the, that season. Yeah. Yeah. I love the show because it doesn't take itself too seriously, but that doesn't mean that the quality of the show is yeah. like affected by that. Right. Like it's, I think that they, they're being, they're obviously tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. They're obviously being playful. Like, and I, and I love that. I love that it's an exploration of blackness, but not in the like, 
oh, you know, we've struggled. Exactly. Like, you know what I it's, mean? Like it's, it's supposed to make you laugh at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a very, I would say, a very fair um, representation of blackness. I think that it is, it's complimentary where it is right to be complimentary. It's critical where it's right to be critical, like how we're talking yeah. about like BET and things like that. And I love that. Even like the Tyler Perry episode, mm. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate City. It's, it's so funny. Too good, too it's good. It's too good. And I think it walks that line really well. And you can tell that like this was made from people from black people for black people yeah. by black people and I, I love was, that. I also like um like we mentioned it a bit earlier but I like how they um they have certain episodes like so I think I think we can say the three main characters are Ern, Paperboy, Al and um Darius. Mm. And at at sometimes Van mm. um but like I like how each of those characters, they have like one or two or three episodes where it's just them trying to do something, trying to figure something out. Mm -hmm. And like, like you don't really see any of the other characters, maybe at the end, like, yeah. like Paperboy has a bunch of them. Al, uh, Ern has a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Like the, the two ones that stood out for me the most for Paperboy were, I think in season two mm -hmm. where he gets robbed and then he he has to walk and he's walking through the woods he gets chased by some kids they try to rob him again mm -hmm. um i think that episode is like there's no real meaning to the episode but it's just like him dealing with something yeah. and like i like how they do that with each of the main characters they'll yeah. have like in season four paperboy's episode was he's out on the farm by himself mm -hmm. he he gets into it with these feral hogs right and there's at the end of the episode you just he just talks to Ern and that's the end of the episode like yeah I, I really like those or the one where Van is at the house party at Drake's Drake's house mm -hmm. there's like a party at Drake's house the whole time they're just trying to meet Drake meet Drake and they realize it's he's not even there right like I just I like those episodes because it like it takes away from the seriousness of the show and all that and it just brings you to like this is just like it's just a TV show like no totally. I really like how they do that yeah. And I think what's successful about this episode is that it actually, I think, does a lot more than you think it's doing in the moment. Mm. Um, it's actually, like, a beautiful way to show, like, to, to show a character and to, like, to dive Struggles deep into. and all that. Yeah, to, to, to characterize a character. Mm. I think if we use um, the, the scene of Al on the farm as an example, which is in season four, yeah. I, I really think if I were to, and we're going to do another episode of Atlanta, do a deep dive on the characters and all that stuff. Yeah. So this is kind of just, like, our overarching thoughts, right? So I think with that episode, right, like it's clearly, I would say that Al's journey the entire show is for survival. Yeah, I think Al yeah, is just yeah, trying yeah, to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually heard Brian Ty Tyree Henry talk about that while um, in an interview, just talking about like, yeah, Al's been just trying to survive this entire time, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's constantly like facing his own mortality. And if we think about what's happening yep. in rap, Right, well, exactly. right now, yeah, and I think yeah, yeah, in yeah. like since the dawn of the the genre, but especially, but especially these days, now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that rapper, young rappers facing their mortality is a really real thing, and True. so I like how they they show that with Paperboy. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think yeah, it becomes a symbol. Like he's the one who made it. Like he survived. Yeah. Um, and so I think the the farm episode to me was kind of the the culmination of that entire journey yeah, because yeah, like yeah. he's here all is alone, Al, very literally like facing death, maybe even more so than any other sh um episode right and um and he survives like he fights and for his life and, and it was yeah it was yeah. it was crazy how like he was he was alone during that entire episode yeah it's kind of like how 
like you know when people say like it's lonely at the top you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah because like, exactly. he's actually made it and like put himself all the way out here and he was out there to escape from like you said being killed mm-hmm. or just to survive and then he he went through a crazy ordeal while he was there but he he managed to come out of it by himself yeah exactly yeah. i think it's really um it, it's about him getting his full autonomy back it's about yeah. him having power and control over his life and career and that's really been like that to me was the perfect send-off for al yeah right because we're like okay this is somebody like he made like he survived like he has control over his life and i really thought that was like beautiful because you see him yeah. and i think even that end scene where he's talking to Ern, like i almost feel like that is in a subtle way an acknowledgement of like no i i'm i'm a survivor almost yeah. and i really really like that yeah and it I, felt like a good end for his character yeah i like yeah. the one of the one of the other episodes in season four the crank that killer <laughs> yeah. so there's an episode where there's literally an episode there's a guy who's going around and literally murdering anyone who made a crank that soldier boy video back in the day on youtube mm-hmm. so al did one back in the day and there's a great scene where he he calls soldier boy to ask him if it's if it's real <laughs> it's like amazing cameo from soldier boy i love soldier boy yeah he's hilarious and yeah so I, in that episode the whole episode al was just trying to you know avoid this killer who who was following him and then there's there's like the scene he's getting shot at and he's running away and the episode literally like just ends like he's just running away running away run, running away running away mm. and i like now in the episode where he was alone on the farm mm. it's like he he didn't run he didn't call anyone for help or anything yeah. he dealt with it himself and he actually made it yeah yeah so i he thought that was a yeah. really cool like character thing they did development they did with him on absolutely that. yeah well, there's a lot that we could say on Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that we should do another episode like just dedicated to Atlanta because there's so yeah. much we can talk about, like Van, <sighs> Van, you know what yeah. I mean? Even diving deeper into Earn, diving deeper into the particular episode. So we'll leave that for another episode. Let's move right along to our next kind of recent watch that we've been super into, American Horror Story. We are mm-hmm. huge American Horror Story fans. Actually, after we recorded our um, like favorite TV shows of all time, we were like, how did American Horror Story not make our list? I, If we talk about shows that change television, American Horror Story absolutely did that. I think bringing horror to TV um, was something that we hadn't really seen before outside mm. of like the vampire genre, the supernatural genre. You they, know what they, I mean? They weren't horrors though. That's not really horror, mm. right? And I think, I think, yeah, I think American Horror Story really blends horror and thriller really well together. And mm. again, yeah, I think made horror and thriller in TV like a really like smash hit, like almost like a like a popular genre thing. Mm. Anyways, so we are currently on season eleven of American Horror Story. It's um so if you're not familiar, American Horror Story is an anthology series, which basically means that each season we see new characters, we see um new stories being told, typically different settings, different times. Um and yeah, it's it's essentially like that's that's all you need to know about that. It's it's kind of hard to describe because like it changes every time and um you know you you could probably tell in the title that like a lot of these stories and um themes explored are are tied to america so it's really classic america stories tensions dramas really told retold um through the the lens of ryan murphy and brad falchuk which the the show's um creators so this season is called every season has like a name that's tied to like its theme that it's exploring so season 11 is called nyc as a new yorker i'm very thrilled that this is like what we're what space we're in 
And so this season, we're looking at LGBTQIA plus culture, really mostly gay culture, I would say, like gay male culture, Pretty I would say, for the most part. So we're not really seeing like drag culture or anything like that. So yeah, so it's it's set in um, New York City in the 80s. Yeah, the yeah. 80s. I, I believe we're in 83. And I think that we'll actually have a time jump. So I think it'll actually be like eight, like, you know, it'll go into like 87, 89, hmm. um, 88, 89, around there. And so, yeah, so we're, we're following, um, we're following um, a group of gay men who are, um, how do we describe this? We're, we're, we're following a group of gay men who are battling different um, attackers. So the one t- attacker we have is is the AIDS crisis really coming to the forefront. Um, if you guys aren't familiar um, with the AIDS epidemic in America, that's a whole other conversation. But basically, it really kicked off in New York City in the early 80s. 81, 82 was when they it really like you started to hear the word AIDS like being like passed around um, before it even really became like a headline making thing. Um, but yeah, that's really when like cases of AIDS started to pick up and they're starting to figure out, OK, it's a virus is how it works. So this is when like AIDS was like starting to really pop off. Mm. Um, and so AIDS is one of the attackers. Then we have the Mai Tai killer, which is essentially um, a, a serial killer who is um, getting his He's victims. basically like a, a dollar store Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Truly, that, that's on that. A dollar store Jeffrey Dahmer, for real. Um, so yeah, so he, he drugs gay men by giving them Mai Tais, a popular cocktail. <laughs> Um, and then he takes him back to his lair and then cuts him up. We are we aren't at the point where we totally know what his like motive is. To me, it seems like it's oh like um, the gay people are already so mistreated and um, so like lesser than in Amer- in culture. So like l- let's like I actually I'm not really sure what his motive yet. I think it's something mm. to do with like how gay people are at the bottom and he's trying to like like elevate gay culture and gay people in a very sinister twisted way some again we're like not crazy fully, frankenstein some touching. crazy frankenstein right. kind of like redesigning gay people a lot of like because we also really th- this at uh, this season is um it explores a lot of like gay sex culture too like just kind of like like bdsm is a huge theme as well so i think it's almost kind of like in a weird way this like purifying of the of the culture it's it's a whole thing and then there's this one other killer. I'm not really sure if he's connected to the Maitai killer or not, but it's essentially this like big guy who wears those like sex harnesses, you know what I'm saying? Like the BDSM ones that go like around your chest or whatever. So yeah, he's also like a thread that's out there. So a lot of things are attacking gay men and we're kind of exploring that again, like under the under the um under kind of the umbrella of like a very homophobic time in New York City. Mm. Um and so yeah, it is I love this season. I yeah. love it. I, I love that it um, it has a very distinct feeling and, and tone and energy than other American Horror Story seasons. Yeah. Um, it almost um, kind of has this, like, um, it, ha- it definitely leans on, like, the vibe of New York at the time. Like, it almost feels like the pacing of it, it, it feels like like more of a, like, like a historical drama almost. Like, it's yeah, very much it's, like... Yeah, it's, it's quite different from the other seasons, honestly. Like, right. It's... Um, I I like when they they do things that are like in the past and all that. It's Love it. it's really interesting to see how they like create it, make it like look really realistic. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, most of the seasons there's like there's often like some kind of supernatural thing happening. Like there's like a demon or like a yeah. ghost or something or like you know what I mean some, yes. something like that or like there's like 
you know like the witches and all those things mm-hmm. like but this season is like i don't know it's like it feels a lot more realistic yeah because it's actually just about um like the okay the main thing is like the aids pandemic mm-hmm. but it's also like people who are getting murdered and stuff and i think they they it feels like this is like real you know what i mean it's like yeah. whereas a lot of the other ones it's like ah oh, this is like like there's like all these ghosts and stuff like whether you believe in that or not but yeah it's like there's none of that supernatural stuff in this season so That's i think interesting. it's really I interesting i actually don't think that aids is the is the main mm. killer I actually think the Mai Tai killer is the main killer. And I think that um, I think that AIDS is in the background, which I think is really clever because, um, again, we're at a time when, like, people didn't know what AIDS was yet. Like, they were just starting to figure out, like, what was happening to this particular group of population. And, um, and yeah, and, and we really see how, like, you know, officials, like, in the medical field and the government, like, didn't care enough to really invest into researching what this virus was. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a beautiful parallel to the Mai Tai killer. It's the same thing, right? Like, right, like, how we see the police like mm. not caring about like this killer who's targeting gay men in the city and everything and so yeah i think it's i think it's a really um successful motif and i agree with you i think that it has a very distinct feeling it's very different than other american horror story seasons i don't know if, if you've watched the people versus oj which was also um was a, so good. yeah a brad falchuk and a um ryan murphy creation um under american crime story similar to american horror story same i same idea anthology series different stories it it almost it reminds me of that in terms of like the way that it feels like even the cinematography the like the color palette like it has that same kind of feel to me which i actually really like i think it's really successful right yeah 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 Yeah. so gosh this story um yeah so so i think what's super interesting i think also like exploring the bdsm side then we have this really interesting character um who plays a cop um who's a closeted cop in the nypd who is in a relationship with this journalist who is um he works for a small paper in new york city Mm. um and he is trying to like crack this case of the mai tai killer and i love i i love their relationship and i love that the conversations their relationship really like brings up you know what i mean um i think in terms of just like you know like again like being out and being openly being openly gay what that looks like i think it parallels with just like you know like the tensions of like you know like being somebody in um you know in the police force and and being a journalist that's a huge conflict of interest and i really love how um they are um how the cop's character is being developed i love that we don't really totally know what he's on he Mm. kind of he has that like we don't know if he's the villain, if he's the hero, what side he's on. And I love characters like that, where it's like we don't really know where to put him yet because he, um, spoiler alert, we do, there are scenes where he we, he partakes in the BDSM, he's wearing the harness, and we find out that he actually was like, he, he actually killed somebody. It's kind of like part of this like, threesome gone wrong <laughs> bdsm thing and yeah i think it's a it's a really cool um like exploration of of yeah all of those kinds of conflicting elements for this character i really i feel like the characters in the season have really good um there's good tensions going on yeah. in in um in each of the characters i think there's there's good questions that are um coming up of like okay like what does it mean to be a martyr what does it mean to stand up for your community but then also protect yourself like i think there's some really cool conversation happening there yeah for sure yeah 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 i've, I've been enjoying the story like it's yeah it's really interesting it's like it feels more like some kind of murder mystery thing than yeah. just like trying to scare you which is cool yeah. yeah yeah definitely and i think i i love when it gets tied back to culture um 
and again like taking America back to a time where um, you know just on the precipice of like one of the most horrific um, epidemics of that the country has ever gone through with AIDS and like just seeing how um, yeah how that's portrayed how it's affecting regular people I think that this um this season is interesting because it definitely feels like an ensemble cast like I don't really like who would you say is the main character Gino but like not really right because there's like so many stories happening I feel like everyone's it feels like an ensemble cast because then mm. again everyone's connected yeah. so it's like Gino's dating the cop the cop works with you know the NYPD they're yeah, doing stuff I think with it just people. started with Gino yeah. yeah it's an ensemble cast which I don't think we've ever really seen in American Horror Story it's usually about like you know, a family, but then there's somebody who's the clear protagonist, right? Yeah, I like yeah. an ensemble cast. I like it. I like it. Right. And I like how their stories are interwoven. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on American Horror Story before we go on to movies? Um, yeah, I just, I've been, I, I like season 11 a lot, um, much better than season 10. Season 10 wasn't that good. Yeah. More yeah. on that in another yeah. episode. We'll talk sure. about this show for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been enjoying the story. Yeah, we're a few episodes in. We're still kind of getting our grasp on the story. We'll definitely do some more follow-ups on like what we think as we learn more about the characters. But yeah, I agree. I I um this will be my first fan forecast. Um, this is a little segment that I'll do where Will and I will do where we'll talk about what we think people will um think about whatever TV show movie we're talking about. I think people are gonna hate the season. I think we're gonna they're gonna hate it. Oh and yeah. They're gonna hate it. Let me tell you why. I think they're gonna hate it because it's different. Because people tend to hate things that are different. And I think that I I will say there's not a whole lot of diversity in this season. There's not like we haven't yet seen uh, a black character. We have yet to see. Yeah, we're going to, we're gonna no. talk about it because I think Will and I are in the same camp of like, listen, as black people, I don't need to see black people in everything. I'm very confident in my people, and I think we're at the point in TV and movies where it's like if I want to see a sh- Things about black people, I know where to go. I'll go to That's Atlanta. Thing, like, I'll go here. I'll go there. Whatever. I don't think I'll, it has to be in everything. But I, knowing fans, they're not going to be happy that it. The entire cast is white. They're not going to be happy about it. I mean, like people who watch this show, they complain about that all the time. Like, yeah. Like I, 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 I just always see you know shit like that. Like people is like, oh, like the main character is always white, and like to be honest, like. Like, who cares, man? Like, yeah, like it, it's not that big of a deal for we me. Can There's ident- so we can many shows I can people. watch that are above black people. Exactly. Right? Why is and it that matter? Why does it matter? People. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's like it's not about what race you are like. Yeah. Every time. Man. And, know. you know, people were already upset with the season's theme before the show even came out because they were like, oh, my God, Ryan Murphy, he's gay. But he just like he loves showing like, you know, like gay and LGBTQIA plus like trauma. Like he just wants to see us dying. I like, yes, this is a serious season, but I don't really. OK, I don't identify. I'm not a part of that community, so I can't really speak on like, you know, like that to a certain extent. But I, I don't feel like this is like. I don't think there's any exploitation, or at least I don't feel like there is. I think it's an exploration of a very specific time and place and culture. I don't really feel like it's exploitative, though. Yeah. Exploitative. That's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) I'm much confident of that. Oh, and I'm a writer. Anyways, yeah, more thoughts on that coming. But let's move on to movies, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. So Will and I watch a lot of movies, of course. That's why we're here. Um, and so what some of the a movie that we watched recently that I really enjoyed rewatching, Freaky Friday, mm. starring a teenage Lindsay Lohan in her prime. In her prime and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. If you're not familiar with this movie, how dare you? Number one. Number two, um, it's just basically about Jamie Lee Curtis um plays the mom 
um, Lindsay Lohan's her daughter, and they don't see eye to eye, right? Like they're just always clashing as teen, you know, as as teenage girls, and their moms tend to clash. Um, and so one day um, they go to a Chinese restaurant and they're beefing, beefing, beefing. And so um, the owner... The Chinese the, restaurant thing was racist, man. No, yeah, it's so racist. We'll talk key. about it. <laughs> High key. Um, so yeah, so basically um, the owner's mother of the Chinese restaurant sees them beefing and she's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to get inside of this. I'm going to, I'm going to do some meddling. So she gives them these, um, these fortune cookies that essentially cause them to switch like bodies so it's still it's jamie lee curtis in Lindsay lohan's body and vice versa Mm -hmm. so they can kind of have you know one of those like you know walk a mile in my shoes kind of (laughs) moments yeah this movie's hilarious there's some good there's some good funny moments in this movie i thought that um both Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan had some great shining comedic moments that yeah. I thought were really great. Like, for example, spoiler alerts, if not, but this movie came out like more than a decade ago. So like, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. Um, like the the part where Lindsay Lohan as Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis as Lindsay Lohan, you get it, right? Um, she goes and she like, she tackles Chad Michael Murray who plays the love interest, of course. Like, just yeah. like, great stuff. Even when like, you know, like just... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is like just you know doing the like the the teen dialogue, the early two thousands teen dialogue. It's so funny. There's some great comedic moments. It's so funny. Yeah. The switching bodies thing was really popular in this era. Oh, they loved There's it. There's like they loved couple it. movies that have that. Oh my god, they yeah. loved it. Yeah. No, no. This movie it it held up well. I hadn't I honestly I haven't seen it since like, like the two thousands. Yeah. I had the DVD back in the day. So good. Yeah, but it it, it held up really good. It was it interesting. Did. It did. Um, I. I, I actually like those those old Lindsay Lohan movies. Me too. They're, they're, they're so good. good. They're good. Yeah, and I. It's entertaining. We'll definitely talk more about like you know those uh, teen two thousands movies. Oh yeah, there's so yeah, much to yeah, discuss. There's yeah. so much to discuss. That's like one of my favorite genre of movies. Me too. <laughs> yeah. The shenanigans are so funny. Like when she goes to school, when Jamie Lee Curtis's character, but it's Lindsay Lohan. This is gonna be complicated to talk about. Anyways, you guys get it. When the mom character as Lindsay Lohan goes to her school and she's just like horrified by everything. It's, 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 it's good yeah. 2000s gags, you know, like a yeah. lot of like physical comedy, like with the volleyball when she hits her, like a lot of that good stuff. A lot of just like, you know, like funny, kind of stupid, like shenanigans. Like when Lindsay Lohan as Jamie Lee Curtis as the mom character um, goes on that daytime television show and she's yeah, just like, yeah, she yeah. has read her. So her mom is a therapist and she wrote this book. And so um, her fiance got surprised her with a spot on this date, this fake daytime TV show. So she goes and of course, like Lindsay Lohan, the teen character has not read her book. So she when she goes in her body to the show, she doesn't know what to talk about. And so she basically just ends up like just kind of like riffing. And it's so funny. And it's, it's so it's like when someone has to do a report, but they didn't read the book. No, like, totally. You yeah, know, yeah. And you're just kind of like making it up and riffing. It's 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 good, yeah. easy, fun movie. Let's talk about how the mom was wrong. <laughs> the mom was a villain in that movie the mom's a villain and that's on that the mom is a villain i really you know it's so funny so will and i have watched a good amount of these rewatched a good amount of these teen 2000 movies as adults and we typically always side with the parents like the dumbass <laughs> kids jump saying getting into trouble doing x y and z like we're usually on the side of the parents which speaks to our age do you yeah, know what i mean you know. <laughs> this is the one 2000s movie that we watched where we were like no anna's right mm. like Lindsay lohan's character is right the mom like never catches her a break always never believes her which is so wild i feel like 
there'll be sometimes where my mom might look at me sideways, like, girl, what you're talking about? But my mom is always going to believe me. Like, do you know what I mean? But, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, no, like, you suck. Like, pretty much, right? Mm. Even when, like, her younger brother, who is so annoying, like, that kid needs to be punched in the face, like, he. <laughs> like, when the younger brother would, like, do some shit to her, the mom would always have with the younger brother. You know what I mean? She'd go to school, like, the teacher sucks. Like, the teacher, like, doesn't like her, will fail her for no reason. Like, actually, Anna was right. Like, the mom was tripping. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? The mom was tripping. She was, like, literally like the worst mom ever no the worst <laughs> she was the worst yeah like uh i don't know like the kid does something behind her back then like she re reacts to it then she gets in trouble which is like i know a, a lot of older siblings here probably f like feel that but right. hey man hey yeah I the mean, mom was wrong <laughs> no the mom was wrong she didn't give her catch her a break and i feel like you know a lot of like her punishments were extreme like there's one part where she literally removes the door from her room because what does she do she got like detention i was like that's kind of extreme like mm. she like she got a screwdriver and she like took the door off of her bedroom i'm like yo like she just got detention like relax like ground her but don't take her that's extra yeah you know what i mean and when the little brother would go and into her room like read her diary steal her bras i'm like Ev everyone's annoying anna's right yeah i really believe her yeah I love the music in this movie. Um, it's the music so was so good. good yeah, yeah, the music's actually good. So she's Lindsay Lohan's characters in a band mm -hmm. in the movie, and I don't know, like, where both of us were huge fans of like punk rock and all that from oh, the two yes. thousands, like oh, yes. rock music, alternative rock. So their band is like, it's like they make that kind of music, and mm -hmm. it's crazy. Like that song that they they perform, where uh, the mom has to like kind of pretend so the there's the bodies are still switched yes Lindsay lohan's character has to go play a gig for, mm. for her band the biggest gig of their career of like their career yeah so the mom has to go as her and kind of fake it and just you know like when you're lip syncing so she's just doing that like fake playing the guitar mm -hmm. and yeah that song that they were performing that time like that performance was crazy that song is so nice like yeah. it's actually a good song they should they should be a real band right yeah <laughs> don't wanna grow up i want i know every word to that song i really really do no it's actually like really good and i and i miss the days of like um of how the 2000s and, and those teen movies would like inter interweave um like music in the movie right like I, I love a good fictitious band i love a good fictitious band where it's like you know like mm. it only really works in this universe you know what i'm saying like like there's no way high schoolers could play like that right or write like that but i love it like who cares i love an unrealistic plot in that kind of way because mm. like the, i mean Lindsay lohan's character is like a crazy guitarist she's shredding on the guitar and i'm like Ain't no way the 16-year-old girl can do all that. Ain't yeah. no way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the, it's it's really good. I highly suggest doing a rewatch. I also think like at the end, like there and there there is a sweet message at the end, right? Like, you know, like sometimes you don't know where your kid is coming from, sometimes you don't know where your parent is coming from, and sometimes it, you know, you, you need to kind of like think about life from their perspective what they have to deal with. And I think that that's like a really like that's that's a theme that I think is it stands the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good rewatch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. That's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us again next week. We love you. See you later. Thanks, guys. <laughs>